Welcome to Equip This Church, Denise. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Awesome. You're welcome to take your seat. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Desiree, for asking me. I said this yesterday, but I have felt equally blessed by being here um, this weekend. I was supposed to be in um, Hamilton seeing my family, and obviously Hamilton's in lockdown. So for the school holidays, I was going to take my kids there. And I just love how God works. So he's got better plans, um, and he knew that I um, needed to be here. Oh, I just noticed my little niece. I haven't seen her yet, Millie. <laughs> so for those who don't know, I'm actually the sister of Vanessa. Um, and so I haven't seen Millie and Sophia yet, but this afternoon I'll get some time with them. But yeah, I'm very going to be super distracted, but I'll try to stay focused. <laughs> have not seen them since Christmas, so so nice to have this time. But yeah, thank you for having me. I've, I honestly have been really blessed. And yesterday was a wonderful day just together, um, literally in his presence, just spending time with God, um, hearing from him, just being ministered to his woman. And um, you do get the residue of that today. You get not the leftovers, but you get um, just the flow on of yesterday, including the tinsel, guys. I hope you are appreciating the tinsel this morning. Uh, the girls were taking photos. It, was, it became a photo booth yesterday. So I expect to see the guys after church also doing the same. I know you want to. It's your one chance. Um, But very, very good. Uh, The team here is wonderful. I have loved being here. I have actually never been to Equippers Dunedin um, for a church service or for a conference, apart from, I think, Equip here a long time ago. Um, So really cool to be able to be here and just be with you at Level 2 Church. Um, But how good that we can meet um, still. We can gather. I know it's not quite the same and I cannot wait for the day that we can be back at level one, but just so appreciative that we can do this and feel for all of our uh, church family in Auckland who cannot do this, who cannot gather today. But um, yeah, I'd love to be able to pray and then I'll share with you um, what I'm going to speak about today, what God's put on my heart. Cool. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you for this time together this morning. God, we we set this time aside at the, the start of our week on the first day of our week, God, to to give it to you and to present it to you and just to hear your voice and to hear your heart for us. And God, I thank you that you're here today with us. And I often pray this and I believe this, God, that there's no mistakes um, and accidents in you, that who was meant to be in the room today was who you set up to be here. God, we thank you that we are not ticking the box of church and just getting through this to then move on with our week. But God, this is a moment that we dedicate to you, to hear from you and to hear your voice, to to worship you and to put you in your rightful place in our lives. So God, we just set aside all distraction, everything of our week that we have brought into today. And we just thank you that in this moment, I just pray for for peace in our hearts and in our minds to be able to hear your word, not to hear my voice, but God, to hear you and to hear your heart today for your people. I thank you, God, that you know what it is that each of us needs. Lord, you know the desires of our heart. You know the weariness that we're carrying. You know the the things that we've walked through even this past week. You know the things that we've not voiced to anyone else, even those closest to us. God, you see those things, and Lord, you know how to minister direct to that spot today. So we thank you, God, that you're here and we just welcome you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to um, preach a word today titled, He's Just That Good. And I want to talk about renewing our soul in the goodness of God. And I love, actually, um, worship this morning, Hannah, how she led us um, in worship. And I don't know if she even realized, because um, often when you're flowing and the anointing, you say things. But she talked a lot, actually, about the goodness of God this morning and encouraging us around that. And then when Pastor Desiree got up, she did the same. She just thanked God for his goodness. And I want to remind you today of the goodness of God. 
And before I go there, I want to talk about just something that I've been picking up in the Spirit just in recent, um, probably the last month and even particularly the last few weeks. Some of it related to alert levels and, you know, the constant change and the, the environment that we're living in in the world at the moment. And, and it can be a lot to comprehend and come to terms with and to understand. I know there's people grappling with really big decisions, even on the work front. There's a lot of things happening. And, but even besides that, I think um, this time of year, sometimes that final push to the end of the year can feel like a lot. And we're holding out for that holiday. We're holding out for Lake Wanaka uh, <laughs> to get there and sit by the lake, as Desiree um, shared yesterday. And we're holding on, and I just, I've been picking up just a real weariness, and obviously I feel this in my own life sometimes, so I have to go to God with that, but I honestly have been picking it up amongst um, people that I journey with back home, and just people I've even talked to across this weekend, that it's a real weariness. And weariness is different from uh, just being tired, and just feeling like you need a good nap, or even just a, a holiday. Um, weariness, and I think this is going to come up on the screen. I have a lot of words that I bring at you, so I try to put them on the screen to help you out. Um, but weariness means this. It means the state of being weary, obviously. Um, exhaustion of strength, which is induced by labor and fatigue. It also means uneasiness proceeding from continued waiting. So if you've been in a period of waiting and it's not coming off. Um, disappointed expectation or exhausted patience the mind yielding to discouragement. And when you actually look at the Greek and you look at um, the word that's used for weariness, it refers to becoming loosened. So you're, you're loosened, you're no longer firm. Untied, to drift aimlessly, to drift in your own emotions. Not sure if you've ever been there before. I can relate. Um, and this drifting and weariness is like a boat that becomes untied and drifts away from safety. And I'm not sure if you would relate this morning if you'd connect and you say, actually, there's areas in my heart in my life right now where I'm feeling that weariness, where I'm feeling like I'm drifting a bit and I'm not really sure how to become tied again and to become firm again and to find that safety and that security again. And what I believe that God's put on my heart to share with you this morning is going to be truth that's going to help you to really hold you in this season. We don't know how long even the, the COVID context that we're dealing with is going to go on for, but these other circumstances that you're facing right now that probably mean a whole lot more to you than that. And God's saying that the, the truth that he's going to present to you today is going to really hold you in this season. I want to read um, the scripture in Psalm 63, 1 to 3, and it says this, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. And because your steadfast love, love is better than life, my lips will praise you. And as I read that, I was like, this is what we're doing this morning. That in the sanctuary, I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory. And this is my role today. This is, um, I'm literally here just to point you towards the goodness of God and to his power and his glory. This is what we're doing. We're coming away from our week. We're coming into the sanctuary. And I'm pointing you towards God's power and his glory and his goodness for you. So how good that we can come together to do this. You know, there was a moment um, this year, and I did share a little bit yesterday um, with the ladies, just my journey this year, and just feeling like very quickly God just flung me around, and a lot of things in my life were just unsettled, really outside my comfort zone in a lot of areas, um, uh, particularly around being resourced to do what we do, and, and my husband and I, we um, 
we have a business um, that we've been running for the last um, three and a half years while we've been in Wellington um, and also pastor the church, but we've been fully resourced and funded through our business. And just through a, a series of circumstances and um, just God kind of uprooting us a little bit in that space in our business because church is growing and he wants our focus there. I had a week um, a couple of months ago where I was feeling like the pressure. You know, that week where everything's like nothing is working and it all comes at once at you. don't know why it doesn't spread itself out evenly across your gear, uh, but it all kind of compiles in a week. And uh, Byron and I, we had an appointment in Wellington City, and then he was going on to another meeting. So I just went down to Wellington Waterfront. I'm a bit like um, Pastor Desiree. I love getting near the water um, to find peace and just to find a place with God. And Wellington Waterfront's quite busy, but I just sat there, and I just was watching. I was looking at the sea. Now, just to give you a little bit of context before I go on with my story, um, over time, so I'm a little bit random. God speaks to me in random ways. <laughs> there's like real physical things that he does or just little things that I notice and I'm like, there's something in that. God's done that for me. He's given me a little sign today. One of them for me is um, when I see a flock of birds. And actually the team, of, I think I've got a picture just to put up there just for a visual. Um, but I am oftentimes when I've really been walking through a season and I've needed to know that I'm not alone in this, God is with me, often I'll, I'll look up and I'll see a, a flock of birds in that moment. So this is random to me, okay? This is the little Hannah Marchant thing. Um, but one of the times was actually when we decided to move to Wellington, which I had such peace about. And I remember we'd, um, we hadn't moved yet and we just dropped our kids in Hamilton with my parents and we were driving back to Auckland to catch a flight to go down for our first services in Wellington and we hadn't moved. And I was excited. I knew this is where God wanted us to be. I wasn't doubting at the decision, but it was just a lot happening in my world at that time around navigating kids and family and the big shift. And, um, you know, you're processing a lot in transitions. And so I was feeling a lot of things. And I remember from that drive from Hamilton to um, uh, Auckland Airport, just looking out the window. And at that time, as I was just praying in my mind, I just saw this massive like flock of birds. Now, maybe those birds were going to be there anyway, but I feel like God put them there just for me. <laughs> Um, going back even further than that, maybe like 10 years ago now, I remember a really big transition. We were pastoring a church on the North Shore. We were moving into uh, Crippers, Auckland um, to become youth pastors. And again, just massive upheaval in my world. And I remember looking out um, from our house in Albany, just looking out the window, and we had quite a, we could see into the distance. And just in that moment, as I was feeling all sorts of things, there was a lot of things going on in, um, relationally in my world. And I just remember looking out, and I just saw this massive flock of birds. And that was probably one of the first um, instances where I was like, man, I just feel like there's something in this. I keep seeing these, these birds. This is God's reminder to me. And I've got so many more stories over the years of when I felt anxious, when I felt like, I don't know how to think about this. God and his goodness has just come with that flock of birds just to give me um, peace. And I want to encourage you today to be looking for God's goodness in your life. And I'm going to go soon to talk about even in nature and even in the world around us and the environment around us, we can see the goodness of God if our eyes are open to see it. So just two um, truths that I want to share with you this morning. Number one is to grasp his goodness. When we are weary, it's time to study God's goodness. And as we study and meditate on his goodness, we start to see it. So have a good rest. Go have a nap. There's nothing like a nap to feel better for <laughs> with your emotions. But study the goodness of God. This is some homework for you this week. I want you to go away. I want you to look up scriptures about the goodness of God. I want you to work on understanding more of God's goodness and how, what his character is like. You know, many times we find ourselves overwhelmed, not because of what's going on in life, 
but because of the things we have started to secretly believe about God's character. And we need constant reminders. And it's not up to other people and even um, preachers to come in to remind you, although they will do that at times and they will prompt you. But you need to know how to go to God's word for yourself in the week and remind yourself of the character of God because the world is not going to do that for you. You're going to face things this week that are going to be contrary to God's character. And it's going to sometimes just sink in even um, subconsciously without you realizing it. But you've got to go back to the word and you've got to remind yourself of the character of God. You know, God is good. God is good, and sometimes we hear that so much. If you've grown up in church, I'm a pastor's kid, so I have literally grown up in the church, um, and I've heard that a lot, that God is good. You hear that phrase, and sometimes you can become a little bit like flippant with it, that God is good, but I wanted, I'm going to say it a lot this morning, that God is good. God is good. God is worthy to be, he's worth trusting this morning because God is good. So that phrase, I want it to stir up joy in your life today and for it to be fresh for you that, yes, God is good. Okay, circumstances may not be good in my life right now, but God is good. No matter what is going on around me, what's going with this person alongside me, God is good and I can trust him with my life. You know, we call all kinds of things good. We say, this cake is good. This dessert is good. Um, She's a good friend. That was a good movie. You know, we use good so we use it all the time, that when we say God is good, it's hard to comprehend like the magnitude of the goodness of our God, and that that doesn't compare to the things that we call good in our day-to-day life. All that we call good on this earth is tainted and imperfect, but God alone is goodness itself. So the Bible actually um, defines goodness in two ways. One has to do with his character, and the other focuses on his actions. That God, his character is good, but then also what he does is good. And there's this verse in Psalm 119, verse 68, which tells us this. And it says, you are good, and you do what is good. So it's literally there, that you are good, God, and you do what is good. So the first half of that verse focuses on the fact that God is, his nature is good. But then also what he does is good. So God is here today, even in this moment, as you have parked some time to come into Church this morning, God is here in all his goodness, plotting to do you good. And you are actually the object of his goodness. God's just not generally good. He wants to be good towards you because of his love and his care for you. And because of his nature and all that he expresses to you comes from an expansive, overwhelming generosity towards you. So God is good and he's plotting to do you good in your life. There's this verse again in um, Psalm 27, verse 13. It says, I would have lost heart. So here's the weariness. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Isn't that good? I would have lost heart. You know, there's so many times this year that I would have lost heart unless I had seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I've got to be intentional about looking for it. I've got to press into him and I've got to remind myself of the character of God. It's not going to just happen. I've got to lean in. I've got to study the word of God. I've got to remind myself of the character of God. Because otherwise, I would have lost heart if I hadn't have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. You know, David, he, he's the one um, talking in this scripture. And he said that he would look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And the land of the living is on this earth today. Here, today, 
And some of us are losing heart or have lost heart because we have stopped seeing the goodness of God in the land of the living. We are prone to not seeing what is good in our circumstances and life around us, but also in the people around us. Some of us are very quick to notice what is not good in the people around us, the people that you are living with in your home right now. And I'm sure there's problems. I'm sure there's issues. I'm sure there's gaps. I'm sure there is in your own life as well. Some of us are really quick to see the um, the, the the not good things in our own hearts and in our own lives. We see our own gaps. But God wants to remind you today to see his goodness. See his goodness in you. See how he's created you, the gifts that he has given you, the person that he's created you to be. See that in the people around you. But let's also see it in the things that we're putting our hand to as well. Let's be deliberate in looking for the goodness of God. So I'm going to give you a real practical way to do this. And this is, like I said before, just looking for God's goodness in nature. And this isn't something I would usually talk about because it seems obvious, but I think we need this reminder today that God's goodness is in nature. And there's this verse from Genesis 1.31, and it says, And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And so God spoke it into existence. He spoke everything into existence over those seven days. And on the sixth day, he proclaimed it to be very good. He liked his work. He's like, this is good work. <laughs> and, um, and God is unchanging. We know this. The Bible tells us that God is unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, forevermore. So because he is unchanging, that if he declared it good back then, it is and very good back then, it is still very good today. His, he's in his nature. You are his creation today. You are very good. You are not just good, but you are very good. And God's goodness is evident in his creation. In every season, in every location across the world, God is intentional in every note of nature, and he purposefully, um, purposefully surrounds us with um, magnificent reminders of his faithfulness and his goodness. And I actually read this quote, which I think will come up in it. It says that God knows that we are forgetful, so he gives us memorials in creation. So he knows that our... He knew that we were going to get busy in 2021. Life was going to be full on. There was going to be a lot of noise happening in our life. There was going to be a lot of things drawing us in. He knew that, and he thought, I'm going to put memorials in creation that will remind my people of my goodness and how great I am. You know, I love, um, I'm a little bit biased, but I do love Hutt City. I love um, living in Lower Hutt. I love that it's, um, we've got the water in Wellington, we've got the hills, and I just love the magnitude of looking up to the mountains, and it, like, it just does my heart so much good. So I need to get near the water, but I also need to see the hills. But it just reminds me to look up, because there's so much of our life that causes us to zoom in and to look down and to look at the present and to think about this relational complexity, and we get very zoomed in. But we need to, the ability to be able to look up and to look out across our week and to remind ourselves of the goodness of God. And that's in creation. Psalm 33 verse 5 says, The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Isn't that good? The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. So when we are weary, this is what we need to do. Number one is we need to grasp his good, goodness. So your homework this week is to go away and to study the goodness of God, to look for it in creation. Look for it in people. Look for it in yourself. Open your journal and write and say, what is the goodness of God? How is it representing itself in me? How has God created me? And write that. Write it about the people in your life and just say, this is the goodness of God. This is how God's been good to me this year. This is how God's been good to me even just this week. This is how God's been good to me over the last 10 years. And then you start to see actually how God's weave things together. You know, when we look at our life in the context of just a week, it's like 
everything sucks, everything's hard. Or we look at it across a year and it's like, this is not the year I planned. But when you look back over 10 years, 20 years, you just see, man, God, you were all the way through this. I can see now what you were weaving together in my life. And then when we look upon his goodness, it calls for a response. And number two, just my second point this morning and truth to remind your heart with is that we respond with worship. So when we see the goodness of God, we don't just sit with that. We feel that. We feel God's love and we feel overwhelmed in that moment of how big and good and great our God is. But then it calls for a response. And this is where it really touches on the weariness in our hearts and it really breaks something. Um, And it does over my life is when I respond with worship. So I see and remind myself the goodness of God but then I lean it into worship and I worship him and then the weariness starts to lift. I find my spirit like saying to sing and I find myself lighter in the presence of God. So it's in a place of worship where we sacrifice how we're feeling and we lay down the weight of worry, the current priorities and even distractions in order to agree with all that with all of heaven that he is holy, holy, holy. And we sang this this morning that he is holy. He is holy, 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 and in him we have everything we need. And that's what heaven is doing. They're singing. They're singing to our Father, to our God, and they're singing holy, holy, holy. And when we acknowledge his goodness and we worship, we respond with worship, we're doing the same. We're joining heaven and um, responding in worship and saying holy, holy, holy to our God. We're saying that his ways are greater, that he is higher, that he is all-knowing, and he is good. And there's just something so incredibly um, powerful and declaring and shouting and singing that God is good, even when our circumstances and feelings are challenging the very nature of God's goodness. You know, there's something super powerful in this, and I want, someone needed to hear this today, that when you worship, it's going to challenge the circumstances that are challenging the goodness of God. And you're sitting with that, like, why is this not matching up with what the Word of God says or with what the prophetic word that came across my life has been? Why is this not matching up? I want to tell you today that you need to get into worship and you need to remind your circumstances of the goodness of your God and you need to challenge it by worshiping God. That's how you do it. You don't just sit with that. You've got to acknowledge your feelings, but then you take it to God and worship and worship Him for His goodness and His love. You know, the book of Psalms is, um, is full of emotion and feelings and oh, every emotion you can imagine. Um, a lot of them written by David, just super honest before God. And about 65 of them are described as laments, which is cries or expressions of grief. And, um, and I just wonder today if any of you are, are facing circumstances that are really challenging the goodness of God. In your heart, there's been like grief, and you've just been really crying out to him, and you've been in that place like David was often, where you're lamenting, and you're like, oh, this is hard, this is hard, this is hard. And that's a That's a good thing to do. But like we see in the Psalms and like we see David does, is he then, in a lot of the Psalms, they turn. You see the turning point where he turns and he's like, but God, you are good. And he starts to praise the name of Jesus, praise the name of his father and lift up his name. You know, David, he writes in the middle of pain and fear for his life. One of those moments, he had many moments where he was fearing for his life. But one of these moments is in Psalm 54 verse 6. He says, I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. And there were so many moments. It's like one scripture of like hundreds of scriptures of when David turns and he's like, but God, you are good. This is what I'm feeling, but God, you are good. And what I love about David is that he doesn't ignore his feelings or bury them. He acknowledges them, but he also doesn't become a slave to them either. 
he realizes that these are going to be short-lived, that ultimately I'm going to spend eternity in heaven acknowledging the goodness of God, praising him, giving him all the glory. So why not start now? These things are temporary. These things I'm walking through right now, the things I've walked through this year, they're temporary. They're going to go. They're going to go away probably next year. Hopefully, I would have forgotten about them and move forward with my life. But in eternity, I'm going to be praising and lifting up and glorifying the name of Jesus. And there's something in our heart that like craves this and our soul craves this. Oftentimes, we're craving a holiday and a good rest, and I'm all for that. I really would love one. And, but, but even more than that, our soul is craving worship, to lift up the name of Jesus and to give him all the glory. Many of the Psalms that David wrote, and I'm about to finish soon, but ended up focusing on the truth of who God is instead of how he's feeling. He would start with bearing all to God, then he'd turn it to focusing on the truth of who God is. So worship, worship isn't a place to forget our circumstances and to diminish them and say that they're not important, but it's a place to bring them. And it's a place where they find their context. It's where we find God's perspective um, with what we're walking through. And we need this because the the world, our week, is not going to remind us of the goodness of God. But we need these moments where we come, we worship. We need to do it daily where we get God's perspective. If I can invite, thank you, Cam. (laughs) So good here, you know, you read my mind. This happened yesterday too. When you are weary... The enemy's goal is for you to withdraw from God's presence, for you to pull away from God's presence because of all that you're feeling, because of all you've started to believe about the character of God. And you start to doubt his character. But when you are weary, you need to remind yourself of the goodness of God and then do the only thing you can do. When you know and acknowledge and you see the goodness of God, when you see it in nature, when you see it in the people around you, when you start to see it in your own heart and your own life, when you're reminded of his character, There's not a lot we know what to do with that. But there is one thing we can do, and it's the best thing we can do, that is to worship God and to respond in worship, which we're going to do in a moment. Something powerful happens when we actively choose to worship through our pain and our pressure. We aren't denying reality. We're simply redirecting our posture from one of worry to worship. And here's a couple of things about worship is that firstly, it's prophetic. It's speaking into the environment of my life when I worship in my week, not just on a Sunday, but when I worship in my week, when I'm like lost and I don't know what to do about a circumstance. When I sit there and I worship and I, 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 I sing and I, I thank God for His goodness, it's prophetic. It speaks into the environment. It speaks into the atmosphere and it shifts things. Worship reminds us of the hope we have in Jesus and it helps us to express our trust in God. And we can declare over our lives and the lives of others that we will know the goodness of God because that is who He says He is. So we worship Him and we declare His goodness over every single circumstance, over every single person that we are walking with. And it's prophetic. It's also healing. For the weariness or the pressure that you are facing right now, it is healing to focus on the greatness, the holiness, and the wonder of God. See, um, I love talking to people in my world. I love... um, I've sat with counselors over time. I have pastors in my life who will encourage me and build me up. I have friends that come alongside. But there's nothing as healing as coming into the presence of God and He knowing my heart when I don't have the words, but He he knows it all. And there's something healing about coming before Him and focusing on His goodness. He wants to weep with you, identify you and be with you. And as you worship it, it heals your heart and it heals your mind. 
where your mind has been circling and ruminating and going over and over circumstances and situations and you don't know what to do anymore, as you come in to worship and you worship God and you, li- you acknowledge His goodness and you lift Him up, it's healing. It's healing to your mind. It's healing to your heart. And you just feel peace come. It's like perspective comes and you're reminded again of what actually matters. And then finally, it's sacrificial. And I want to, as we finish, just show you what our sacrificial worship looks like. And this is a um, song written by David, and I'll read it first, and I'm going to give you just brief context. But it's from 1 Chronicles 16, 31 to 34. And it says this. This is David, okay, a song that he is singing, and then I'm going to give you the context. It says, Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. So this is a song that David is singing and that he's penned. And I'll give you the backdrop of this passage. And this is... I know God is going to be here in this moment. As I, as I understood this, as I read this, I was like, man, there's something weighty in this. And I want you to lean in this morning to hear this. So the context of this, the backdrop is that after a humiliating period in the hands of the Philistines, the Ark of the Covenant, which held the presence of God in that time, was finally on its way back to Israel, to God's people. And not long before this moment, they had attempted to relocate the Ark But in their haste, they hadn't followed what God had said, and it resulted in a guy's death. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's like Uzzah or something like that. So he dies, and they've tried a few times to transport this ark, the presence of God, and it's not worked out. So King David was being really careful this time to transport the ark to Jerusalem, back to Israel, to God's people. And David, he writes these words in 1 Chronicles that I just read to you, to celebrate the occasion. I give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And the recovery of the ark testified that God's presence had returned to his people. You know, sometimes we can read these passages and we're like, oh, cool, God is good. Yeah, awesome. But when you dive a little deeper, you realize the power of this moment. That they had tried a few times to move this ark. This time it's actually happening. And every few moments he stops and he praises God. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. So along the journey, utterly overwhelmed with gratitude, David, he marks the path of the journey in sacrifice. And the Bible said that he did this every six steps. So this is frequent, okay? Every six steps he would sacrifice. So not just worship and not just say, oh God, you were good, but he would sacrifice, which in those days, thankfully, we don't do this anymore because this would be a real mess this morning. Would not work out. But they would sacrifice an ox and a fattened calf. So both, okay? Every six steps, an ox and a fattened calf. So this is not an average moment. This is an extreme moment. And we read these stories, we flip over them, and then we're like, okay, cool. This is a weighty moment. This is an extreme moment. This is sacrifice, a sacrificial moment. And it feels like a waste of animals. Like, no way would we get away with that these days. Um, And a huge mess and a little over the top, which it is. But David ignores reason, and he simply answers with another sacrifice, then another, then another. Every six steps, he stops, and they stop, and they worship God. They acknowledge the goodness of God, and they make a sacrifice of worship towards God. Thank you, Jesus. And he shouts, and he commands others to shout, and he seems to say the only waste would be to withhold from this moment. What a moment that we're finally moving the presence of God back to God's people where they can enter in. 
And it has been estimated that the distance was six miles and that David probably stopped over 2,500 times during that journey, offering more than 2,500 oxen and the same number of calves. Can you imagine it? What a mess. But what a beautiful moment. The whole process would have taken several days, but David didn't rush this moment. The celebration of the presence of God was costly in every way. And so when we think about God's presence among us, we know we no longer need to sacrifice, sacrifice like they did in the Old Testament, which again, I'm so thankful for, to be close to God. We can be close to Him like we have been this morning. Like what a privilege. Like do you remind yourself of this? What a privilege that we can come together, that we can be together, that we can lift up the name of Jesus, that we can worship Him, that we can praise Him for how good He is. And we know we could never find or offer anything of sufficient value compared to His goodness. But we simply do the only thing we know to do to acknowledge who He is and how good He is and we worship. I'm gonna invite the team to come because we're gonna do this very, very soon. We're gonna worship God. That's our sacrifice as we worship, as we sing to Him. Every step of the way we worship. When you encounter sickness in your child and you're not sure and you don't have answers about what to do and even in the medical field, they're not able to give you answers. What do you do? You stop every six steps and you worship God. When you've got financial stress and pressure and you're not sure what to do, every six steps you stop and you lift up God and you worship Him and you praise Him and you put Him in His rightful place. Whatever circumstance you're facing right now, every six steps, stop and worship Him. On good days, on bad days, we stop, we worship. Every six steps, we stop and we worship and we lift up the name of Jesus. Whether we are afraid or we're full of faith, we worship. So not just in the hard times, but when things are going well, we stop every six steps and we worship Him and we thank Him. When we set out, we worship. When we get there, we worship more. When God brings that breakthrough for your life, stop and worship Him. Thank Him for it. Not just in one moment, but constantly constantly come back to Him. You know, when I look at my kids, my miracle children that I shouldn't have had, again, like Kirsty, different circumstances, but unexplained um, infertility. Every six steps when I look at my children, and I don't do this all the time, but my children are a reminder of the goodness of God. Even when they're coming at me with attitude, I can look at them and I can be reminded of the goodness of God. What is it in your life that God has come through for you in? Maybe it's the small things, maybe it's the big things, but there's reminders in your life. There's reminders in creation every single day that God is good. You know, no part of our life is to be divorced from worship. Worship is a lifestyle. We take it with us. We take it today as we leave this church service and we go about our week, we take it with us. No matter what home environment you're going back into today, you take worship with you. If you've got people who are anti-God in your home environment, you take God with you. You worship. Worship through your home when people are not there and they're gone out or even if they're there, you worship God. You lift up the name of Jesus in that place and you thank God for His goodness over your home. Every hour, every part of our life, every stage of the journey, it should all be marked with sacrifice, like David did when they were transporting the Ark of the Covenant. It should be marked with sacrifice and surrender, what we're willing to trade for the sake of knowing Him. Do you remember what a privilege it is that you can come all the way in, not half the way in, and you don't have to earn your way into the presence of God, but you can come all the way in. You can have relationship with Him. You can be in a place of intimacy with Him, hearing His voice because of he's made a way through Jesus Christ, through what Jesus did for us, we can come all the way in. I don't have to earn my way in this morning. It's not dependent on how good a Christian I was this week, but I can come all the way into the presence of God and I can acknowledge him every hour, every part of our life. Now, I wanna, I wanna look back on my life and I want others to look back on my life. I want my children 
to consider my life and say, she was one who stopped along the way and acknowledged God. She worshipped Him. I want my life, life to be marked by worship. And I just wonder in this moment, actually, if you would stand to your feet, I'd love to go to pray. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.